episode is sponsored by Moving Beyond the Page, homeschool curriculum for hands-on, creative, and gifted learners. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com. Welcome to the Savvy Homeschool Moms Podcast, episode number 28. In this episode, the moms announce the Pandia Press giveaway winner, chat about the amazing race, and incorporating art into homeschooling. <laughs> Mom, where's my mask? Honey, where's my glasses? Mom, can I have a drink? Why is the dog wearing a tutu? Honey, is this one of your science projects in the fridge? I'm hungry. I'm Tina. I'm Becky. And, and we're, we're the, the Savvy Homeschool Moms. What's the time code this week, Tina? Just skip to the end of our chit-chat. 21 minutes, 47 seconds. So, Becky, what have you been up to the last two weeks? <laughs> well, we spent a good portion of that uh completely unable to breathe or think very well. All of us were sick. We had head colds. So oh. um, that's why we didn't record a couple of weeks ago because um, I didn't want to have to snuffle in everybody's ear. <laughs> right. Um, but we're all mostly well now, um, except Jack, who's, you know, got his allergies and everything. But other than that, all of us are pretty well. So I'm happy about that. Yay. Um, as I'm sure you guys have heard me talk about, the Rogue Festival was going on. Um, it was February 28th to March 9th. So I was um, completely elbow deep in that for the most part of that two weeks. And um, this year's Rogue Festival was fantastic. It you was, might want to mention what Rogue Festival is for those oh, that are just learning. For those who are just uh, tuning in for the first tuning time. In, or um, The Rogue Festival is an... Um, independent arts and music festival that goes on here in Fresno every spring. And um, it's one of the largest, it is the largest unjuried um, performance festival of its type uh, on the West Coast. There's a larger one in, in um, Hollywood, but you have to audition to get into it. They like, mm. they decide who can be and who can't. We let anybody in. <laughs> Which, you know, you would think that would be, that would mean that, you know, you would get some like not really great acts, but I have yet to see one that wasn't fantastic. So, huh. Uh, yeah. So that completely absorbs my life for about two weeks every year as I take care of their website, their Facebook, their Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was great. I, it's one of the things that really um, it makes my heart happy to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I really enjoy it a lot. So and it was great to see all the like all the rogues that are from out of state. You know, um, we have people coming in from New York and from Michigan and all over the place. And these people I only see once a year. So it was nice to get to connect with those old friends again. Fun. Yes. And in my downtime, I discovered a new infuriating game <laughs> <laughs> called Four Picks, One Word. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that game. <laughs> I don't even try. <laughs> I've done pretty well on it. I've only had to ask for help a couple of times. But for anybody out there who likes puzzle type games, I highly recommend the app Four Picks, One Word. It's <laughs> literally, it's just four pictures and you have to decide, you have to figure out what's, um, what's the common, uh, common thing about all of them. Right. And some of them are very frustrating. Some of them are super, super easy. So um, that's kind of fun. And, oh, guess what I got in the mail? Uh. I got a new sonic screwdriver. <laughs> I now have River Songs. So I have 10, 11, and River Songs. Very and cool. um, the best part about River Songs is that the um, neural relay, that, uh. you know, the one that he uses to save her, has oh. spoilers, spoilers. Um, it actually <laughs> lights up. <laughs> Ah. So I thought it would be like, just like, you know, it was there or whatever, but it actually lights up when the rest of the sonic screwdriver lights up. How very geeky of you. I know. <laughs> and the fact that Love I'm it. so excited about it, I'm like, I need a sonic screwdriver. <laughs> Dean took a great picture of it for me and then like made it all stylized and, and put flares on the end. So it looks like they're actually lit up and everything. That's my um, Facebook uh, banner right now. Oh, fun. Because it was so awesome. Um, let's see. Oh, we just finished reading, um, Sudeiko and the, um, Paper Crane. It's about, um, a girl who, a true story about a girl who had, um, leukemia from, um, the fallout from, it's either uh, Hiroshima or Hiroshima. I'm not sure which is correct. Hiroshima. Hiroshima. Thank you. And, um, Sadako. So I see that was, I talked to Bobby about it and she was like, it could go either way, but I don't know. Okay. Well, their vowels are all pronounced exactly the same. So, okay. (laughs) Sadako. I know I've already said I'm very bad at pronouncing things. So <laughs> we'll just remember that. Anyways, so the whole story is the girl um, believes that if you 
fold a thousand paper. Well, I don't know if she really believes it, but she's heard that if you fold a thousand paper cranes, you can get a wish. And so the right. whole story is about her trying to fold the paper cranes, whatever. Yeah. And um, so um, what we did is we decided to try to fold our own paper cranes. <laughs> and as Tina knows, <laughs> it's not a pretty picture. <laughs> so um, uh, Danielle's came out fantastic. Dean's came out really, really well. And mine just kind of looks ill. But <laughs> But it was fun and a nice way to connect to the to the story and actually yeah. has a lot to do with our topic today. You didn't make a thousand? No, we made three <laughs> and that was stressful enough. I can't I guess once you got really good at it, making a thousand wouldn't be nearly as hard because, you know, after the first hundred or five hundred. I just think or so, it would be tedious. It would be, <laughs> be very lot. tedious. I don't think one person usually does it. I think it's more of a community thing. But. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And um, so, oh, and we also have been watching The Great Race, of course, and um, we just caught up on the last episode. And um, one of our members on our uh, Facebook group, we have a Facebook group called Homeschooling with the Amazing Race. Mm -hmm. And one of our members posted about these really cute passports. And so we started working on our passports uh, for the Amazing Race. And um, they, the inside part looks pretty much like a real passport. I even put little pictures of the kids in there and everything. And then I let the kids... I let the kids decorate the covers, though, so those don't look very passporty, but they're still pretty <laughs> awesome. And then what we did, because she had, po- uh, on the blog post that I'm going to link in the notes, um, she had a, a pattern to make um, the, the stamps that you get as you go through customs. Oh, cool. But I can't print them off because I don't have Word. And so um, instead, what I did is I Googled the passport stamps for each place, and then we just drew them. Ah. Into our passports. So the template to make the passport is available on this great blog called, I'm going to probably pronounce this wrong too, Satori Smiles. <laughs> and um, the link will be in the show notes. So you guys can check it out if that's something you might be interested in. You can use it for more than just the great race too. You can actually use it for any kind of study where you go to more than one country. Right. Use it over the course of a year. And, you know, you can look back and see all the countries you studied over the course of a year. It'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Very cool. So how about you, Tina? What have you been up to? Well, lately I have had lots of client work, which is very good, um, because <laughs> I'm making some money. Um, so I've been spending a lot of my time in the evenings, at least once the kids are asleep, um, working on updating people's websites, which is actually quite enjoyable to me. I enjoy doing it. So, <laughs> um, I've also been working really hard on a local event called the Egg Fest, the Spring Egg Fest for the Discovery Center, which Yay. is something that we've done twice before so I'm pulling notes from the past years and trying to figure out how to improve upon this year's and yes and Becky's part of it too I am and I've gathered I have uh, managed to gather quite a crowd of us working on it now Um, yeah so it's it's hopefully going to I'm sure it will be fabulous because you know they always are (laughs) but it's a lot of fun it's it's basically a big egg hunt with a bunch of egg related activities around it we're doing all kinds of science it's a local science center i didn't mention that yet discovery center is a local science center which has a just reopened its museum which was um, destroyed basically by a fire in 2000 and we just this year just like last month opened reopened the museum it's been refurbished i've been on the board of directors there for board of trustees there for uh couple of years now wow. and uh so as part of that whole drama but uh the the latest drama with the uh, you know trying to get it back up and running so anyway that's culminating in this big grand opening that's happening the week before the egg fest so i'm not helping with the grand opening i'm helping with the egg fest and it's just there's i'm just got complete egg fest on the brain so <laughs> <laughs> working on that whole thing is like consuming much of my my brain power. So that's so, your rogue. <laughs> that's my rogue. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and there's going to be three more events this year too. So we'll see how it goes though. Cause a lot of the stuff can be pulled over to the next event. So the, my idea is to streamline it all. So eventually I won't be so obsessive about it, but well, I probably still will be, <laughs> but if I have, you know, a, a schedule or, uh, um, you know, an outline in front of me as to what to do instead of always having to think, okay, what else do we need? Right, <laughs> right. It'll be easier. So, so you'll pro- probably hear me talking about Eggfest until it's over March 30th. So <laughs> <laughs> however many episodes we have between now and then. Uh, let's see. I also had been working for quite a while hard on this country report for the amazing race. And I'm happy to say it is now done Yay. or well, mostly done. It's still draft copy um it's ready for use i have shared it with becky and they've used it with we've been using it yeah so and maven has done the first two countries on 
season 22, uh, French Polynesia and New Zealand. So she's already filled that out here and still working on French Polynesia. But, um, you know, it's a little bit more. He needs more mommy help with it because he has to, you know, go to the websites and stuff. He doesn't really know how to do that kind of stuff yet to look up the information on Wikipedia and such. So, So I think it turned out pretty good. Yeah. We're really enjoying it. Maven said she enjoyed looking up the info. They had a blast going on Google Translate and playing around with that. That was so fun. Yeah. Um, but uh, so anyway, I wanted to offer any of our listeners that were interested. Uh, well, not any of our listeners. The first 20 people who uh, what, what I want you guys to do is tell your friends all about Savvy Homeschool Moms on either Twitter or Facebook and or in real life, um, tell them about Savvy Homeschool Moms and then email me about it at tina at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. And the first 20 people who do that, I will give you a review copy of the country report, um, which doesn't have to be only used with Amazing Race. You can use it with any countries that you're exploring and you want to you want to check out further. And then you can, um, once you've had a chance to check it out and try it out, you just email me back what your feedback is because I want to know how I can make it better of course so the idea is eventually to possibly make it for sale i'm not entirely certain how this is going to go but my idea is to eventually make it for sale for i don't know however many dollars not much (laughs) it's not going to be a big expensive thing (laughs) but it's something you can use over and over again for any time you're you know exploring a country so i'm i'm excited about i had fun building it so we'll see how it goes and I guarantee I'll keep tweaking it because that always happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then hopefully with the feedback, I'll be able to improve it even more. So, yeah. awesome. so anyway, first 20 people. There you go. Um, and let's see. Oh, and if anybody's interested in what we're talking about, if this is their first time listening and you haven't heard us talk about Amazing Race yet, um, uh, we go back to episode 19, which if you want to find any of our episodes you just go to savvyhomeschoolmoms.com forward slash and then put the number so it'd be forward slash 19 for episode 19 go listen to that and we talk all about the amazing race and how to how to use it for um an edu- as an educational experience for your homeschooling so yep so and then let's see also i finally found uh, found the time to go through and do the meal planning boot camp that we've talked about in past episodes we'll put the link in the show notes so if anybody's not sure what i'm talking about go in the show notes click on the link and have a blast because it is really cool it's a it's a video tutorial on how to use the program uh, the website plan to eat which is plan to eat.com which is this really neat um, menu planning program and um, and we are reviewing it for them. We're going to do a full-on review once Becky gets a chance to try it out because she hasn't had a chance yet. I started the boot camp. Oh, did you? Awesome. Yes. So I finally went through the whole boot camp, and I'm probably going to have to re-look at some of it just to kind of make sure that I got it all. It's not complex or anything. It's just there's so many different features and possibilities to do with it that I... I, I kind of have to go back and get my brain wrapped. Once I, I find that once I get a chance to actually play around with it, oh, that's what they're talking about. And then if I go back and watch the tu- tutorial, at least parts of the tutorial again, then it, then it all kind of clicks into place. So, but I have been using it and I have the, I have, it's not an app. It's actually a mobile website. So it's, it works like an app, although it opens it up in Safari instead of being in a, you know, instead of being an app on my phone, my iPhone. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I guess since it's a mobile app, it would work on any mobile phone, right? I mean, any smartphone. Yeah, any smartphone that can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would guess so. And it was really cool because when you bookmark it, it's it looks. I mean, it looks like an app. <laughs> it's yep, like they've exactly. made a little it's graphic. Yeah, it's very cute. And it's um and I uh did get a chance to actually make a menu and did my first shopping list or yeah, did my first shopping list and did my first shopping trip with it and I it was quite successful. I didn't do I only did like a week. Um but uh so I'm going to have to do like we get paid on Friday. I'm going to totally do like the next 2 weeks and then we'll report back on how it goes. I really really like it. It's it's very cool and I think it's going to change my um I think it might change my life, hopefully, <laughs> if I can stick with it. Because, you know, I've talked about it on the show before. I hate, hate, hate cooking. I hate planning. I hate shopping for food. I hate the whole thing. So if this is streamlines it for me so that I can actually get it done quickly. And, and each week when people are asking, or each day, each night, when people are saying, what do we want? For, what are we going to have for dinner? I'm going to be like, well, <laughs> huh? 
I said, why do we have to feed them every day? I know, why? It's so difficult. <laughs> then I can whip out my phone and say, well, this is what we're having. So, <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. I really like it. So, oh, and I wanted to mention that the makers of Plan to Eat have given us a coupon code to be able to share with our listeners. So through June 30th, any Savvy Homeschool Moms listeners or readers will receive 30% off of an annual membership to Plan to Eat. Now remember, Plan to Eat is plantoeat.com, and it's the word to, T-O, um, with the coupon code SAVVYMOMS. Very apropos. Yes. <laughs> so um, there you go. You can get, and it's not very expensive to begin with, so it's fabulous that you're getting 30% off. So go check it out. Awesome. Yes, and we will do a complete review on that very soon. soon as yes. As soon as Becky has time. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm I know. Really well, you just finished Rogue, like, just last weekend. So exactly. you're only now getting your life back. We know that. <laughs> <laughs> just when I'm losing mine. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, I've roped Becky into helping me, too. <laughs> yep. I'm going to be there. Let's see. What else have we done? Um, the kids are totally into board games right now. I'm not sure how this happened, but all of a sudden, they're dragging all of our board games out of the closet that haven't been pulled out for years. And so they're piling up in my, in our big room and it's, <laughs> it's just crazy. So I, I need to, there are some games in there that I think are kind of cool. Adam, some of Adam's games from his, uh, his pre, pre-marriage days when he had played Dungeons and Dragons and all that kind of stuff. He's got yeah. some kind of that kind of board gamey type stuff, not Dungeons and Dragons. Well, he has that, but they haven't pulled that out because that's just too complex for them. They're, yeah. They're a little young for D and D. Yeah. <laughs> But there are similar kind of board games like that. And so they're pulling those things out. And um, well, That being said, though, Michael Thomas, my oldest, has been playing mm-hmm. D&D since he was their age. But it's because oh, really? he came from a family that it's kind of, that's what they do. Right, right. You know, yeah. I think it'd be hard at that age to learn it on your own. Yeah, it seems to, it seems a bit complex even for me. So I don't know if I have the attention span for it. But I like the idea, but eh, yeah. We'll so I, I'm not <laughs> saying that a 10-year-old is, actually, she's 12, huh? She's 12. A 12-year-old is too young to play d <laughs> right, right. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm just saying it's too young to learn it on your own. Right, right. So I'm thinking that I need to get out and get some new games, though, because I I do like games, too. I just, I just um, don't really like a whole lot of what we have right now. So I need to go out and find those. So I'm thinking, like, The Settlers of Catan is one that I've been wanting to get for a long yes. time. And there's another one that's a train one. Ticket to Ride, I think it's called. Yes, yes. That's another one that's really popular, I hear. And I think there's a couple more that I can't think of right now. But I really... So if any of our listeners know of any really good board games that are, like... You know, you're not like, please, please don't pull out Candyland one more time. <laughs> like, God, if I have to play Shoots and Ladders or Candyland. Oh, no, the worst is Hi-Ho Cherio. Oh, I that hate awful. that one. <laughs> oh, and we have another one that's similar to it. I'm like, oh, no, it's just Hi-Ho Cheerio. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, um, if you have any suggestions for fabulous board games that even grown-ups enjoy playing, such as Settlers of Catan or something like that, please put that in the show notes. This is episode 28, so... Uh, head over to SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com forward slash 28 and let me know some good board games because I am in the market right now. But uh, the games that they've been playing, they've been playing Risk, but not by their real Risk risk rules. They've kind of created their own rules because that was another one that's kind of complex. Totally Tut. Have you ever seen this game? It's a, a Discovery Toys game and it's a math game. It's actually really fun. I, I had saw fun the with picture that you posted of it. Yeah. It's really interesting. I had fun with that one. That one's that one's pretty fun. And it's challenging enough for me. Um, and Dungeon Quest is one of those games that I was talking about that Adam had. Busy Town, which is cute. It's the cartoon. It's actually cute. It's like a um, hidden item type. Like you're working around a game... Uh, um, big long board the board is actually like in multiple pieces and you sh- it, you put it together like a puzzle and it's this big long thing and you have to work your way through it um and then uh and then each time you pull a um gold bug card if you get oh no when you spin if you get a gold bug then you pull a card and you have to go look for those things and there's mm-hmm. like all these little pictures you know just like in the books there's all these little pictures you have to find a bicycle or you know however many bicycles so it's really a cute game i like that i actually like that one that one's kind of cute awesome. um Clue, I finally taught my kids how to play Clue. 
Yeah, I for a long, long time, I just really didn't like the idea of doing a murder mystery with young kids. But I finally was <laughs> like, eh, it's fine. So <laughs> tier in seven, but eh, I think it's fine. So um, so I pulled that out, and oh, we had so much fun with Clue. I, I forgot how much I liked that game. I love Clue. <laughs> and we have the like 50th anniversary edition, so it's got like nice pieces. Cool. Let's see what else. Uh, Pathfinder, have you ever seen that game? It's like no, you make I, your I own haven't maze. seen that one. I've had that game since I was a kid. That's a pretty fun game, although I don't really enjoy sitting and playing it so much anymore but the kids it's great because the kids can play together it's a two-person game that's good so yeah you make you make a maze and you're, you're trying to find your way through their maze it's kind of like a ba- uh, it's very similar to uh, battleship except it's you little put a little person like a little it's almost like a pawn that you, you hide and then you have to try and find your way through their maze because there's little pieces that are walls and you move the walls around it's a really cute game it's called pathfinder i've had that since i was i don't know how young Dominoes just got us some more dominoes. So they're actually they've the only thing they've been doing with dominoes is making um, <laughs> Rube Goldberg's. <laughs> they're just like setting them up and knocking them down. That's you know what that's what my kids do too. <laughs> yeah, but we are going to get to it eventually. Learning how to play the actual game because I know the actual game is pretty fun too. So. Yeah, but yeah, they're all about playing games right now. It's funny how obsessive they get about it. So. Let's see. We also just went to spent the day at Blackbeard's, which is a local um, amusement. I don't know if I call it an amusement park. Would you call it a park? No. It's got some rides, but it's not. It's like go karts, and the the biggest thing about it is it's miniature golf. Yes. And uh, we had never been there before um, with Tiran. Maven's been there a couple times, I think, but I don't believe we've ever taken Tiran there before. So it was fun. We got um, Groupon. Um, certificates or whatever for christmas so oh, awesome. i got to go play golf for free and uh and they have that did you see the pictures i posted they have this weird thing where you climb up and the kids are on a harness yeah i saw that's why when you said guess where we are i was like i've never seen that before i know place. i had never seen it before i apparently never drive by that part of town so but yeah that was fun and i got to go in the bumper boats with the kids and adam went on that little whatever you call it. It's like a maze in the sky. It's like a sky maze or something. I think they called it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like attached to these harnesses so that they don't, they can't fall. But Tyrion was quite scared up there. He, he did it, but he would look like the look on his face in some of the videos I took. I'm like, he doesn't look too sure about this. You're pretty <laughs> high. If you fall, you've got a harness that holds you. But yeah, it was pretty funny though. So, um, so that was really fun. So that's the gist of what we've been up to. And now Becky and I have made a decision about our podcast. Did you want to make the announcement or you want me to? You go ahead because I want to announce the winner. Oh, you're going to announce the winner. That's right. (laughs) So we've decided because weekly is just turning out to be so difficult for us and we hate keeping you guys waiting all the time. Um, And then, you know, somebody gets sick or something happens and we can't record. Bi-weekly is seeming to be much more realistic. So we're going bi-weekly. That's the official announcement. So. Um, so every two weeks we'll be, we'll be publishing and, and also because goodness gracious, it's taking us hours and hours just to do research for some of these. Ep- we had a lot of fun with this episode though, huh? Yes. Yes. This one, this one was fun. Well, I mean, I think we have fun at researching all of them, but this one was particularly fun, near and dear to our hearts. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but and speaking uh, of near and dear to our hearts. Yes. There you go. Yes, we just had a fantastic giveaway, by the way. Thank you to everybody who entered the giveaway. We really appreciate it. It was so awesome to see so many people. People, but there could be only one. And our winner for the Pandia Press giveaway, which was for one free ebook, was Carrie. Yay, so Carrie. Congratulations, Carrie. Yay. And she had said that she wants to get um, the History Odyssey Ancients Level 1. Awesome. That's what, what you're in. That's what actually what we just finished. Finished. And um, yeah, so um, she, she made a good pick because it was great. We really enjoyed it. Awesome. So, yay. <laughs> so, Becky, what have you guys been reading? Well, let's see. Um, we have we are still listening to Inkheart, and uh, the kids are really into it. They're really enjoying it. I was a little worried about the length of it, but but um, they're really into it. So that's awesome. Cool. And um, we're reading together for history: the measly Mid- Middle Ages by <laughs> Terry Deary uh-huh. from the Horrible History series. Oh, fun! Yes. It's all about all the icky parts of the Middle Ages. <laughs> of course, so it's terribly exciting to the kids, I'm sure, because they exactly. love that stuff. Um, Danielle is currently reading The Fairy's Return and Other Princess Tales by Gail Carson <gasps> Levine. Oh, I love her. Yeah, she's the author of Ella Enchanted, which um, that's how I sold the book because we really loved Ella Enchanted. It's like oh, one of our did favorite she do movies. Ella Enchanted? Isn't she the one that does the, the Disney Fairies books too? 
She might be. I don't I know. I believe she I, is. I sold her on Ella Enchanted. So, because <laughs> <laughs> we really love that um, that movie. So um, she's reading that right now. And plus, in an attempt to get me to purchase a new pet for her, she read uh, <laughs> Guinea Pigs, Rabbits, Ferrets, Dogs, and Cats. All of these are individual books from the Keeping Pets series. Uh, and she sat down and, and had a very organized and, and complete argument on why I should purchase a guinea pig for her. <laughs> um, I still said no. But um, <laughs> she did have a good argument, I have to say. And my only argument back was I don't want to have to deal with another living thing begging me for food and water. Well, of course. So I've got enough. <laughs> yeah, she um, did write the Disney fairies. Okay. Then you yeah, the, the the Disney fairy chapter books, the actual full on chapter books, because yeah. there's like some early reader chapter books too. So I don't know if she wrote those, but the ones that um, that we read were really, really good. Like I didn't expect that from a Disney book. Yeah, <laughs> it was really good. So awesome. Yeah. And then Jack has been a little bit on a military equipment kick lately, <laughs> and um, the, we've read together U.S. Army Helicopters by Carrie A. Browlick. Battlefield Support by Jeff Cornish, and Fighter Planes by Jeffrey Zakiel. I don't know. <laughs> no idea how you pronounce that last name. I wouldn't know either. So that was all like tons of fun to sit around and read about all these military things because you know how into that I am. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> and then, of course, just to really push in, you know, let's read things that mom doesn't really... <laughs> she wanted to read Rattlesnakes by Joanne Mattern. <laughs> That was fun. And then you had this <laughs> other book, which was really funny. It's called Fill It Up by Gail Gibbons. Mm-hmm. And it's about how a um, gas station, it's about a gas station and how the things happen and work in a gas station. Oh. And that one was fun to read because it was written in the early 80s. Uh huh. And they still were asking if you needed regular and unleaded when they came out to oh. fill up your gas tank for you. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. But it's a super cute book. It's got all sorts of great information about how a gas station works, how they fill the tanks, everything. So I totally recommend that one. How about you guys? What have you guys been reading? Well, let's see. Tieran and I finished The Penderwicks um, by Gene Birdsall, which I absolutely adore. I am looking forward to reading him the second and third. The third one, none of us have read. The second one, Maven and I have read together already. Mm-hmm. So we read that one together. And um, also for history, we read The Man in the Iron Mask by Alexa- Alexandra, Alexandra, Alexander. I'm not sure. Pronounce- it's French. <laughs> Dumas. <laughs> um and we didn't read the original. We read the adapted version, which was by Nonerly Farr. And it was like in a comic book format. Cool. Yeah. And Maven wasn't really excited by it because she said that it was hard to tell who was talking because it was true. That's, it was, they didn't, it wasn't really super clear. Like they didn't look that different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, because they all were like, you know, fancy hats and beards and because it's, the three musket well four musketeers so exactly. <laughs> yeah um but it was i thought it was i thought it was a really interesting story it was just talking about i'm guessing this is just like one little part of the whole book that we that we read but um you know simplified for kids right so yeah that that was pretty interesting i i really liked that and then we also finished orange trees of versailles that mm-hmm. was also for our history it was a um fiction or what do you call it a historical fiction um, and that's by Annie Petrie. So we finally finished that. We actually finished some books. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Um, and then now all three of us are now listening while well, I'm reading and they're listening to the magic that I had mentioned before. It's oh, yeah. M A M A G Y K is the spelling of it by Angie Sage. She's the same author that wrote the My Haunted House series that mm-hmm. I talked about before. She's great. I read it to myself and I loved it and I just had to read it to the kids. So now we're reading it. Tieran actually had started reading it on his own, but I knew he wasn't going to get that far with it. I had hoped that he would, but it's just a really big book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's still, you know, he's whizzing through the small books, but this was this was a lot. So he he actually gave up on it after about three chapters and it was just overwhelming to him, I think. So I said, would you like me to read it to you? And he said, yes. So I did. I started <laughs> reading it to him. So, mm-hmm. so we are all three listening to that one at night. That's our nighttime bedtime story right now. Awesome. And Maven is actually back to listening to us again, listening to the story again. So 
Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Um, let's see. Maven has been kind of on a bit of a um, slump with reading lately. She's been reading lots and lots of Muse magazines. We have a bunch of old Muse magazines that were given to us. Uh, I got to get a subscription to that magazine. It's a really cool magazine. And she just reads and rereads them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's been reading lots of those. And she did finish... Um, I think actually I had mentioned last episode she'd finished number 12 of the Guardians of Cahool series and she tells me she's going to start number 13, but she hasn't gotten around to it yet. <laughs> <laughs> she also read The Man in the Iron Mask to herself, the oh, the, awesome. the comic book one. Um, so that that's pretty much all that she's read lately. And Tyrion was actually in a slump for a while too, although he did finally finish Dingo's at Dinner Time by Mary Pope Osborne, one of the magic treehouse books right and then just like two days ago all of a sudden he just picked up buffaloes before breakfast which is another magic treehouse book mm-hmm. and just powered through it in like under an hour <laughs> and then he's asking me now to get him some more books but get he wants me to get him the merlin i forget what they're called it's like the merlin series or something it's the next step up for, of the magic treehouse it's like the second series oh, right 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 yeah they're a little bit more complex a little bit thicker so he says, I'm ready for those now, Mom. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> so I got to go order those for him. And me, I mentioned I finished Magic, the one that I'm reading to the kids now, and which was an awesome book. So I can't say enough about it. It was just really fun. Um, well, obviously, it's got magic in it and wizards. And it's kind of, well, I, I hate to always compare anything that's got magic in it to Harry Potter, but it's kind of, you know, that kind of genre. Yeah. <laughs> With lots of wizards and magic and, and weird creatures and that kind of thing. Um, and I am, I did finally pick up Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy again and read, uh, like another chapter or two. And I'm actually got to, finally got through, apparently I was in kind of a slow spot. I finally got to a more exciting spot. So I think I'm going to actually be, uh, finishing this up pretty soon. Awesome. <laughs> finally. <laughs> but in the meantime, when I was at the library looking for something for Maven, um, I noticed a book called Clay that I thought would looked interesting for me to read. And so I got that and I read that. That's, um, it's a kid's book, um, by Colby Rodowski. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was really interesting. I knew it wouldn't be anything she'd be interested in, but it's about, um, a girl and her little brother who her parents got divorced and her mom took them. So essentially kidnapped them from the dad and, um, and they're now living like on the run. Um, and then uh, while I was there, into, coincidentally, right next to Clay on the shelf was The K, which is weird because, you know, they go by author. Yeah, that <laughs> and that's by Theodore Taylor, but it's a classic, and I had always meant to read it, and it's, it was small, and I thought, eh, I'm kind of in a slump. At the time when I picked it up, I'm kind of in a slump for reading. Uh, this looks interesting, so I picked it up. That is such a good book. Did you ever read that? No, I have no idea what it is. That's It's during World War II. And it's a it's a little boy who um, was living in uh, one of the Caribbean islands during World War II, and his uh, family they're American, but they moved over there because for his dad jo- job. And there's um, they're stuck on the island because um, the Germans are bombing any any ships that try to leave. Um, and uh and so well not stuck they live there that's their home and everything but the mom really wants to take them off the island and eventually she does take them off the island in a ship and um and it gets bombed and or torpedoes torpedoed and sunk and him and a black uh what are they west indian i think they called him west indian old older gentlemen um are stuck on the boat lifeboat and they get and end up on marooned on a on an island together and oh, wow. the little boy and i'm not saying anything that's not in the dust jacket but the little boy goes blind in the process because he got hit in the head during the the chaos of jumping into the lifeboat and everything something landed on his head and so he's got a head injury that caused him to go blind so he's relying on this man who during that time period you know they're very prejudiced and so you know her his he was trained to not associate with blacks at all and so it was like now he's stuck relying on this person, so it was really interesting the relationship. It's a it's a classic children's literature, so I I thought it's got to be good, <laughs> and it was it was really good. So if anybody's learning about World War Two right now, I would I would highly recommend this historical fiction to go along with what you're learning about in war. I mean, it doesn't it's not all centered around World War Two, but it's a nice I think it's a good way of seeing like what it might have been like for a kid that was possibly you know living in one of the areas that was having problems with being torpedoed (laughs) ships being torpedoed so it's pretty interesting so i really liked it 
I forgot one of the books that I read this week that I oh did you that I, I I actually read it. Um, it took me about two hours one afternoon. It was really fast. It's called Odd and the Frost Giants. It's by Neil oh. Gaiman. Oh yes, it's a Newbery Award winner. And actually, Neil Gaiman had recommended it to me a year ago at least when when Danielle and I finished um, the graveyard book, he had mentioned that it was a good book to, to continue on to. And I hadn't got a chance to do it. Um, and I got it the other day for my Kindle. So I'm going to transfer it over onto my older Kindle so that Danielle can read it now. Cause it's a really, really cute little story about Vikings and um, Norse gods oh, neat. and Asgard and frost giants. That sounds interesting. I might have to check it out. You keep talking about Neil, Neil Gaiman. I may have to check him out. You need to check him out. Neil yeah. Gaiman is awesome. He is a great author. I have yet to find a single book that he's written that I didn't absolutely love. So is the genre like sci-fi fantasy or? It, actually, it varies. He's got oh, a lot varies. of different things oh. um, going on. And he's got one coming out soon or a project that he's working on right now called A Calendar of Tales. And it basically he went on Twitter and asked these questions about each month, like what is the scariest thing about February and <laughs> what would be weird to have happen in May? And then he took one answer from each, you know, from each month and made short stories out of it. Hmm. And um, I also read all of those the other day, like in an hour, because they're really tiny little things. And cool. um, there's fantastic. So Neil Gaiman. Yes. I will have to check him out. Yes. <laughs> And now is the time when we break for a word from our sponsors. This episode of the Savvy Homeschool Moms is brought to you by Moving Beyond the Page, the homeschool curriculum that I use for science, social studies, and language arts. I get to read great books, do creative projects, and learn critical thinking skills. Learn more at www.movingbeyondthepage.com and use the coupon code SAVVYMOM for free shipping on your next order. Do you remember what it's like to be an adolescent? Postcards from Youth needs youth photographers' images and words to participate in the conversation. If you have children aged 11 to 17, we invite you to have them submit photos they have taken of their surroundings, family, friends, community, interests, and concerns to our website, postcardsfromyouth.com. So now we're going to do our links of the week. And Becky, what do you have for us for your link of the week? I have a great link for um, a place. There's a place in the Bay Area called the Exploratorium. Mm-hmm. Have you been there? Yes, I have. I love the Exploratorium. I was blessed when I was a kid to be able to go and take classes there. And um, so the website is www.exploratorium.edu. And then you go forward slash explore. And what it has in it is all sorts of great articles and things about different science concepts. Awesome. Yes. It's beautiful, too. It is. It's a fantastic website. But what I want to point out um, uh, is if you go down to Browse by Type and click on Apps. Now, this is an iPad-only kind of thing. I'm sorry. But they have (laughs) these two great apps, Sound Uncovered and Color Uncovered. And it's got these great beautiful um, science experiments that you can do right there on the iPad. They don't require anything else outside of what's right there. And um, that's my favorite thing right at the moment on this website. But they've got all sorts of great topics, astronomy and space, culture, earth, human body, material world, all this kind of stuff. And it's got lots of great information because that's what the Exploratorium is good at, is teaching kids science concepts. That's the whole point of the place. And so um, I say check it out, exploratorium.edu forward slash explore. Awesome. And how about you? So my pick of the week is NGA Kids, which stands for National Gallery of Art. And my kids have been playing with this website for quite some time. It is nga.gov forward slash kids. And it is amazing, the stuff that they have on here. In fact, my kids have made, um, at the very top of the, the very first activity called the Art Zone. Um, I think it's just called, yeah, looks yes. like that's what it's called, the Art Zone. Um, it has all these collages that you can make. You drag and drop, um, like, pieces of wood and sticks and scraps of paper and just interesting shapes. And you can make pictures. Both of my kids have made Minecraft pictures. 
<laughs> and they and then we save them to their and um you can like do a screen capture and save it and then um they have it as their desktop image on their side of the computer it's really cute cool <laughs> but it's really fun and then you can animate them as well there's like different animations you can do and it's just really fun both of my kids really enjoy doing that and then i mean they haven't even really explored because they just usually stick with the first couple of activities and have so much fun with those but if you scroll down there's like tons of different activities um, there's one here that says faces and places. It looks like you can create different faces taking what is a famous painting. Yeah. Classic I, I works of art. It looks like. Yeah. Classic works of art. And, and, um, um, you know, sh- swapping out the, the d- different shaped noses and eyes and mouths and stuff like that. And, um, and then there's another one. Which one was it that they were playing with? There was one where you're doing, it's more kind of a drawing thing. I don't remember which one it was. Here, I'm scrolling down trying to find it. There's just um, tons of different things you can do here. Wall overs looks interesting. It looks like it's got, um, it says create an, oh no, this one is the, this is it. It says explore symmetry and create abstract patterns. That's the wallovers one. It's got all these funky patterns mm-hmm. um, and just lots of different things with actual works of art where they've got a picture, uh, you know, a famous painting and then you're doing something with it or um, and then making your own art as well. I wish I could remember which one it was that my kids have been playing. The, I think it's the 3D twirler. Yeah, the 3D twirler Tieran recently discovered. It's part of the collage machines. There's a collage machine. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I keep looking at the words that are. I think the words are underneath the thing and I keep thinking it's on top of them. <laughs> so the 3D twirler is, um, is this thing where you build it. You, it, there's just like every aspect of it you can change. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. You like create this 3D image and you can like make it move and, and change like, this, you know, oh, I want this part to be skinnier or fatter or whatever and put a pattern on it. And yeah, Tieran was having a blast with that one. There's also a mobile maker. Um, just, just crazy the amount of stuff that they have on here. And, um, so, I mean, the kids, you, the kids could have a blast on this for quite a while. And from what I hear, you can actually get the CD ROMs. It says on here that you can buy the CD. I don't know if you buy them. It doesn't say anything about price, but, um, you can actually get these games to play offline as well. Mm-hmm. So they actually have the CD ROMs. I imagine there's a cost for it, but they also, and then the, when I was exploring this, getting ready to, you know, share it today, um, I discovered that there's a whole section for parents and teachers where you can, um, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I don't remember if I put it there yet. I will have to look up this specific link because I don't have it in front of me right now. But there's a, I posted it on Homeschool Realms um, Facebook page just recently. So you can go over there to Homeschool Realms. Uh, what is it? Facebook.com forward slash Homeschool Realm mm-hmm. and um, scroll down a little bit till you see it. Um, there's a, of course, if you listen to this months later, you're, it's, it's lost to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put the link in the show notes. I'll go down and find it and put it in the show notes. But there's, um, uh, there's actually a lending library that homeschoolers can use. And all you, you, it's only like, I think they said it's only like six days that you can keep it. But there's like CDs with documentaries and all kinds of things regarding art and artists, like classic art and artists. And, um, and you can check it out. It's free. Um, and you only have to pay to ship it. They pay to ship it to you and you pay to ship it back to them. And it's media rate. So if it's like a CD. It's not going to cost hardly anything. You put a couple stamps on it, you know? Right. So, um, I haven't actually, I actually did get myself approved. And, um, so I have an account now. Um, but their library is so, like the online catalog is so big. I haven't had time to sit down and browse through it to find something. But as soon as I get a chance to try it out, I will definitely report back and say, you know, how, what the, you know, what the quality of the, of the DVD, their DVDs, actually, I should say, um, their, what the DVD quality is and, you know, what we think of it. So it was, it looks like a really neat idea. Another thing for free. I'm all for that. (laughs) Yeah. And judging by the quality of their website, I would imagine that it's, it's, uh, it's some good DVDs. So that's what I have. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so now is the time on our show when we'd like to give a little bit of listener recognition. And first of all, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for the tons of comments on all of, on our giveaway. I yes. realized that was a requirement of the giveaway, but it was still really nice that every time I logged into my email, there was a new one. Yeah. That, that made me very happy. So um, we have from Facebook, <clears throat> we got a comment from the inappropriate homeschooler. 
I love her name. (laughs) Just found you guys. Yeah. Yay. More secular resources. I've shared you on my page as well. Well, I just want to say thank you for sharing us with your friends. We appreciate that. Yay. Yes. We got some comments from our friends too. (laughs) Yes. And let's see. um, Meg says, I found out about your podcast from the inappropriate homeschooler. There you go. Right there. (laughs) And I listened to an episode today. Holy cow. Thank you. All in capital letters. <laughs> I love that. Thank you for not being afraid to be secular. Thank you for your reviews. Thank you for being on Stitcher so I don't have to mess with the whole iTunes iPad, iPod thing. Thank you for the awesome links. I told my <laughs> husband that you're now my favorite podcast, which he isn't thrilled about since he is a co-host of a podcast with a rather large audience. <laughs> um, and then uh, she, I did ask, well, who, what's your husband's podcast? And she said, it's Forgotten Flicks. So Forgotten Flicks is her, Flicks, F-L-I-X, is her husband's podcast. Yes. And we also got some email this time around. We have yes. an email from Meryl. I have to tell you how much I love your podcast. Every episode, I go back to the links because you always talk about the things I want to check out. I love your small talk and the show. The show would just be a dry list of stuff without it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank we you, Meryl. We that you liked our chit chat. We did. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. And Jenny um, says, uh, she sent us an email that was titled, Thank you for all the help. And she says, hi, Becky and Tina. I am writing to thank you for all the help you have given me over the past several months. I have been listening to you since the fall of last year. I started with your first podcast and am now almost caught up to the present. I've gotten so many wonderful ideas from you, teaching strategies, field trip possibilities, websites, books, so many good resources. I think the best thing about listening to your podcast, though, has been in the camaraderie I feel when I join you each week on my evening walks. It really, It's really nice to feel less out there on my own as a secular, somewhat wacky, and all-too-fallible homeschooler. So thanks for everything, and keep up the great work yay Yay. thank you jenny and by the way she also put in here um i recently posted an essay called confessions of an underachieving homeschooler on my mini homesteading blog i think you two might get a kick out of it i did i thought it was very good yes i I really enjoyed it in fact i shared it on my facebook page today yes so we'll put the link in the show notes but if you want to check out her blog it's littlebentcreekfarm.blogspot.com excellent and the link will be in the show notes Yes. And so now we're going to go ahead and segue right into our homeschooling topic, which this time around is incorporating art into your homeschool. Mm -hmm. So we've been talking a lot lately about how to make homeschooling more fun. Sometimes in the desire to cram in more of the academics, we let things such as art fall by the wayside. But we need to remember that art can add to the academics instead of displacing them. Academics and arts don't have to be mutually exclusive. In fact, there's considerable research out there that says the arts enhance overall learning experiences. That's right. So the National Assembly of State Arts Agency says, and this is a quote from their website, um, by supporting arts education, state arts agencies help to foster young imaginations and facilitate children's success in school. Arts education also provides the critical thinking, communications, and creativity skills essential to 21st century success. And I do another quote from their research summary, um, which I have the link in the show notes too, if you want to read the complete um, summary, um, which is titled Critical Evidence, How the Arts Benefit Student Achievement. They say, students who participate in arts learning experiences often improve their achievement in other realms of learning and life. In a well-documented national study using a federal database of over 25,000 middle and high school students, researchers from the University of California at Los Angeles found students with high arts involvement performed better on standardized achievement tests than students with low arts involvement. Moreover, the high arts involved students also watched fewer hours of TV, participated in more community service, and reported less boredom in school. And another article, this one is from Edutopia, and again, the link will be in the show notes. Um, This article is called Why Arts Education is Crucial and Who's Doing It Best?, And they say, involvement in the arts is associated with gains in math, reading, cognitive ability, critical thinking, and verbal skill. Arts learning can also improve motivation, concentration, confidence, and teamwork. Cool. And do you know where Edutopia comes from, just if you're curious? No. It's actually published by the George Lucas Educational Foundation. Oh, my goodness. How cool. <laughs> a little geek trivia there. <laughs> George Lucas. Yeah, he his um, foundation pays for, uh, publishes Edutopia. Awesome. 
Art teaches kids much more than just how to draw and paint. In the article, The Benefits of Art in High School, they talk about students who are already identified as artistic were able to learn creative expression, envisioning how to create the idea in your mind, planning how to the details of achieving a vision rather than rushing into it, and ways to incorporate and fix mistakes rather than letting them defeat you. And students who had been identified as struggling learned perseverance, how to look at the world differently, that they can succeed with hard work and practice, and perfection is not always the goal. That's right. Those are fantastic. Yeah. And um, this next article that we found was so good. I have several things from it that um, I just had to share. Um, This is from the Early Childhood News, and the article is called Art Influences Learning. And they say, much has been written about how art enhances creativity, imagination, and self-esteem, but far less is said about how art encourages cognition, critical thinking, and learning. Our current education system places great emphasis on academic development. And as a side note, I would say that this is also quite prevalent within the homeschool community as well. Mm -hmm. So it's relevant to us as well. And they go on to say, as a result, arts programs are being reduced or even eliminated from classrooms to accommodate more didactic teaching methods. And again, I would say that the homeschool, it's easy for homeschoolers to also fall into a more teacher-directed school-at-home approach and focus primarily on academics with less time made for the arts. It's, we've, we've all, I'm sure, been there. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. And they go on to say, while art educators and child development specialists recognize that the arts are not a frill or an enrichment activity, the arts are basic to education. With the many challenges our public education system faces today, combining art with academic subjects in the classroom becomes increasingly important. I really like that part where they're saying that you combine the art. It's not necessarily as a separate subject. We're talking about combining it with other, other, I'm not saying that you shouldn't also do it separate because there's nothing wrong with that, but I like the, the whole emphasis here on combining it with other academic subjects. Mm -hmm. So the U.S. Secretary of Education recently published a report on the value-added benefits of the arts, in which he states, Studies have shown that arts, teaching, and learning can increase students' cognitive and social development. The arts can be a critical link for students in developing the crucial thinking skills and motivations they need to achieve at higher levels. The last part here is when children study any given concept, they learn it better and retain it longer if they do an art activity that reinforces that learning. This is so relevant to us. Yes. Um, This information has been recognized by teachers since the time of Confucius when he said, I hear and I forget, I see and I remember, I do and I understand. I'm sure we've all heard that. Yes, it's fantastic. (laughs) It's very fantastic, and it's easy for us to forget. In fact, until we started doing research on this article, I think I had forgotten that. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So we've talked a bit about how how great the arts are for kids and some of the benefits that they receive from them, but here are some more specific benefits that art offers to our children. It engages our children's senses. It's more than just, I'm hearing things. Mm -hmm. It's tactile. It provides a challenge for them. It provides a sense of mastery. Um, they feel accomplished when they've done something. Right. And like child development, art experiences can progress from the simple to the complex. It can be wherever your child is. Right. Art tools introduce pre-writing experiences. Grasping art tools helps them with later holding a pencil for writing. Mm-hmm. It helps them develop expressive and reflective skills that enhance their writing. It helps them develop math skills using positive and negative space, classification, sequencing, and pattern recognition. So from reading and researching all of this for the show, I, it really reminded me what I've always wanted for my kids. And, and I always had a, a, an education just saturated with art experience, just not just art, but art, the arts in general. And somehow it's just kind of gotten off. I've gotten off track and mm-hmm. it's so easy to just get focused entirely on the academics. And I, I myself, am, I've definitely fallen into that myself. So things just haven't worked out the way I had planned. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think we can all use a reminder from time to time of what we're really wanting our kids' education experience to look like. It's easy to get bogged down by the day-to-day yeah. and stuck in this academic loop and forget to make time for the really important things like art. Right. So one of the simplest ways that you can bring art into your homeschooling, um, not as a separate subject, but as integrating with all of the subjects. This is the easiest way that we all, we all have pencils or pens or 
crayons or something like that. So right. just have your kids draw pictures of what they're learning about. Even the older kids. Cause you know, we, we tend to think about that when we're thinking about the little ones who don't really know how to write yet, or maybe they're not even reading yet. So they can't write about what it is that they just learned about. They can draw pictures of it. But sometimes we forget that the older kids, this could really enhance their learning experience as well. And just, my 12 year old is going to get just as much out of drawing her narration about whatever chapter we just read in history as my seven year old will. Right. So, um, you know, just try to incorporate that into as many of your lessons as you can, um, without it becoming tedious, of course. That would, you know, I don't, I don't want to get to the point where my kids are like, oh, we have to draw again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. An awesome resource for helping to encourage drawing. Oh my goodness. My kids, um, love these things. Um, these notebooks where they're, I guess they're called journals, aren't they? Yes. Where they've got a space on the top that are blank for you to draw and then there's lined paper underneath unfortunately they seem to all be lined have you found any that are lined like for bigger kids or are they all the only ones i've seen have been been geared towards younger children right so you might have to all you you know find something else alter something else um to for the older kids because i don't think my 12 year old would want to write in that my seven year old would love it but the little you know the what are they there's must be a name for those kind of lines right where it's got the dotted lines and the yeah, I don't know. I'm sure everybody is. knows what I'm talking about. I just don't know what it's, to call them. It's not college ruled and it's not wide no. ruled. It's no, it's little kid ruled yeah. <laughs> with the little dotted ruled. lines in the middle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so those are really good, especially for when the, for the little, little guys. Um, I did find when we were at the school uh, um, last time at the library that, um, draw right now, you know, that one where it's draw, where it's right as in W-R-I-T-E, they have their own blank journals. Yes. And I can't remember if it has that kind of lines in it or not. I have to check it to see. But um, but I grabbed one of those for Tieran when I was there because it's just a blank journal. You don't have to use the curriculum to get it. Yeah. Um, so you probably get those online. Um, so I'll put it in the show notes whether or not it's that kind of lines because I don't have it in front of me right now. Um, completely forgot about it until just now when I was reading this. Um, <laughs> so and, and then, of course, for your older kids, you could just get just a regular notebook. And Maven cannot stand drawing on lined paper. A lot of the kids probably don't care, but Maven can't start drawing on line paper. So what I've told her to do is to take blank paper, draw your picture, cut it out, glue it into the notebook. Works mm-hmm. just as good. So that's another thing that you can do. And hopefully if you have a, um, you know, a notebook like this and you're using it for, for your subjects throughout the year and they continue to keep adding to it, to their art journal, um, then by the end of the year, the final product could be a really wonderful memento of the, of your kids learning for the whole year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So by now, hopefully we've convinced you of the benefits of including more art into your homeschool. But I bet you're asking yourself, how exactly do I do that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, of course, we're going to give you some ideas because that's what we do. (laughs) So um, from the Hip Homeschool Moms, they have an article um, entitled, Three Ways to Incorporate Art into Your Homeschool Curriculum. And um, here's a great quote from them. Art has the ability to build confidence, creative thinking skills, and brings a child's imagination to life. And their three ideas on incorporating um, art are um, art journaling, you like a visual diary. You set aside, aside time each day to work on it, and it can include doodles, sketches, or experimentation with other ma- uh, materials like collages and such. Mm-hmm. frequent field trips followed by an art project that reflects their favorite moments in the trip. We do that a lot because um, they're usually more willing to draw something than to write a paragraph. Oh, yeah. And then I have them narrate, narrate to me what the drawing is, and I write it on the back so that when we look at it again, we can be reminded of what right. was going on at that field trip. And sneaking art projects into other subjects, um, as we've mentioned before, um, adding art to other subjects can increase retention of the materials. Drawing what they are studying in history, making a model with clay of a science concept, all of these sorts of things will help them remember more of what they've learned. Right, right. A great resource... Um, which we have been given for review, which is wonderful. We have, yes. Um, is by Mary Ann Cole, and she has these wonderful art activity books. We haven't done our official review on the books yet, though, have we? No, not yet. Not yet. That's right. I was trying to, it's all blending together in my mind, <laughs> everything that we've done. Um, yes, but we have the Discovering Great Artists book and the Great American Artists for Kids books that we will be reviewing sometime in the future yes. <laughs> when we get a chance to really get more i just haven't had time to sit down this is me not incorporating art into our lessons exactly that's what i was just thinking well now since we're making a pledge to incorporate more art i guess we'll well, we must be them. 
diving into those books. Yes, <laughs> this is a prime example. We just haven't gotten around to use it. I use. I think I've done one activity, which was a really good activity. But <laughs> anyway, but she has tons of these books. They're 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 these art activity books by Marianne Cole. Um, if you go to brightring.com, that's her website. Mm-hmm. And she lists them all on there. Um, I have a couple of titles here that I wanted to mention. Science arts, um, discovering science through art experiences. Math arts, exploring math through art f- for three to six-year-olds. And I would imagine there's probably stuff in there that you could easily do with older kids as well. Right. I, I can always take an art experience, and uh, art, art project, and tweak it for my older kids too. Um, or just show it to them and they can tweak it. <laughs> um, and I haven't checked the science of the math books out yet, but I have good, good earth art is environmental art for kids. Um, and I've had that book for years. I use that when I taught preschool and that's got all kinds of environmentally friendly art projects that are really awesome. Lots of, lots of, um, uh, recycle art kind of type things. Uh-huh. Um, so the, these books are really great for weaving art experiences into all your child's subjects. So, I mean, she's got a whole series of these books. So you can go and find, you know, I would recommend buying a bunch of them. Well, buy one to see if you like it first. <laughs> but I guarantee you will. She, I like the way she breaks down each. She even puts like how much time the projects will take and right. what kind of materials they use. And it, it's just really very user friendly. And there's just tons of ideas in there. Um, very simply put out, uh, drawn out and, and written out in a way that's easy to understand and, and follow through on. And lots of pictures too, which I like. <laughs> yes, yes. The books um, are fantastic. Yes, they are really good books. Um, so how about our projects about an artist that was important during the time period that you're studying in history? You can find that's how we're using the, dis- the Discovering Great Artists book right mm-hmm. now is we're pulling, we were learning about the time period where Michelangelo is. So we did, um, a fresco. Um, which was an uh, art project in that Discovering Great Artists book um, and specifically had a little bit, little blurb about Michelangelo. So you learn about him at the same time. Yeah. Um, or maybe a science art project that's related to the topic you're studying in science. I imagine that science arts book, which I have not seen yet, is probably I, full of it. <laughs> I have it on hold at the library. Do you? Oh, yay. I'm all excited about it. Yes. Very cool. And um, some more ideas that were taken from um, the list of creative narration ideas on simplycharlottemason.com. Um, draw a diagram of a machine or series of events that you read about and explain how it works. Mm-hmm. Make a model of a machine that you read about and explain how it works. For example, the Trojan horse or Archimedes stone throwing machine. Draw a picture of an event or one particular scene in the event that you read about. Make a scene that you just read about with blocks, toys, Legos, etc., Mm-hmm. Model something from a scene with clay. Draw a map of some place you just read about. That'd be really fun with the fantasy yeah. novels. Oh, yeah. Um, for music study, you can draw a picture of what you hear in the composer's music. Mm. Uh, for a picture study, you can draw the basic components of an artist's work and put each in its proper place. Describe or draw a theme park based on a book that you read. That would that probably sounds, be really good for adventure stories. That sounds really fun. It does sound fun. <laughs> I could see Maven getting into that. So here's some more ideas that we just came up with, that Becky and I came up with. Um, how about providing some mosaic pieces? So it would be like, um, mosaic pieces could be anything, could be little tiny scraps of paper. I used to, whenever I would do things like um, cut things out of construction paper, I would always take the scraps instead of throwing them away. I'd cut them into smaller pieces and put them into a big bag, and then we'd use that for mosaics later to draw. Mm-hmm. I mean, to glue, to glue the pieces to make pictures with them so you can you can do that and have them maybe create an image or a character related to the lesson you just read about in history or science or something like that yeah Um, make dioramas to illustrate a scene from their reading or to reinforce a science concept such as habitats we just actually did this with um, akimbo and the crocodile man danielle (laughs) um, actually um made a diorama in a really cute cool. little box that I had found. Um, I, I always save little boxes whenever, you know, we get them because I'm lucky I have this huge empty attic. Yeah. So any little tiny boxes like candy boxes or anything we save because we can use those to make dioramas. Um, she made one um, of a watering hole in the African savanna. It was very cute too. It was pretty You have awesome. to put a picture of that in the show notes. I definitely will. <laughs> you could have them draw out a scene from their history lesson and color it with glue. So I'm sure we've all done this before where you, and then you sprinkle either colored sand or salt in it. So that's really fun. And I've actually made, we've made colored salt before where all you do is you take like a, like we did it with, um, 
just like a paper plate and you put the salt in the paper plate and then you take a co- piece of colored chalk and you put it sideways and you just rub and so the rubbing of the chalk on the salt breaks up the chalk into little tiny pieces and it ends up mixing with the salt and it colors the salt yeah so that works really really well so then you can and then so then it's an extra project for them that they get to do and that's fun to do and you just keep rubbing it and then you take it and you sprinkle it you know, you decide which parts of the picture you want to glue, uh, or you want to be that color, and then you glue that section and sprinkle it on there. That should be awesome. a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, offer clay or Fimo or some sort of sculpting product to create a scene or an item or a character in something you were learning about. Danielle did that as well with Tiffany. Um, it was a while back. So um, mm-hmm. they were reading um, the Elephant and Pig books by Mo Williams. Oh, yes. And she created um, an elephant character and a pig character. And unfortunately, they've been slowly falling apart. I think I still have pig's torso in his head, but I don't even know where <laughs> elephant went. But it, they were so awesome that I mean, like people would just look at them and go, oh, I know who those are. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty yeah. awesome. Maven did this back when we were doing ancient history, and she made a, um, an e- ancient Egyptian home. It was like one of those adobe type homes that, they mm-hmm. had, that one of the cultures had. That was pretty cool. Let's see. Also, um, you could make a list of the projects that you have the supplies for. So maybe you, you have to plan ahead for this and go through and see all the projects that you have the supplies for. And then maybe have that list out for the kids to be able to look at. So maybe you're like, okay, today we're going to read a chapter in our history book. And I'm going to want you guys to draw or create something. So you pick which project because we have the supplies for all of these. So they get to pick which project they want to do. Um to use to create a scene or a character or a setting for something that, that you just read about or you're learning about. Awesome. Find a way to incorporate an art experience of some sort into every subject weekly. Not necessarily every day, but at least one project per subject per week. And try to vary the supplies and or projects regularly. Yep. And don't forget Pinterest. Pinterest. Head on over to Pinterest because if you're at a loss for what to do, if you don't have any art books or you've exhausted your art books and you don't really know what to do, we can't think of any ideas, head over to Pinterest. Oh my gosh, I just did a kids art projects search over there and I came up with tons of stuff. So yes, so that is, there's always, always stuff to find over there. So when you're at a loss, head to Pinterest. Yes. And my little two cents are relax. Just Mm. do the best you can try to incorporate art into your day but you know don't beat yourself up if you can't do it as much as you like absolutely yes so in conclusion and again this is from the early childhood news article that i read about before that i was mentioning before they say uh children love art because it's fun and provides them with authentic Mm self-expression the freedom of choice thought and feeling art teaches important skills for living and develops young minds the u.s Department of Labor recently published a report that supports these views by concluding arts education helps students develop skills needed for most jobs in later life, including creative thinking, problem solving, exercise of individual responsibility, sociability, and self-esteem. Awesome. So we have a little challenge for our listeners. Find ways to incorporate more art into your homeschooling in the coming weeks and post what you did to the comments of this episode, episode number 28, or call it into our voicemail. It's 559-426-6670. We'd really love to hear about your creative art projects and to share them on the show. Yes. Excellent. So I guess that covers it. I think so. My goodness, that was such a fun topic. I really enjoyed doing the research for that. So many great ideas. I know. I am so inspired. I can't wait to actually, and I know Maven's excited too. She's like, what? What are you talking about? I know she's (laughs) all excited because I'm like, yeah, we're going to do more art. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So I guess we have to wrap it up now. I guess so. (laughs) So if you like our show, please leave us a review on iTunes and tell your friends all about us. And if you want to keep up with us, you can follow us on Twitter at Savvy Homeschool, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool Moms, on Pinterest at pinterest.com forward slash Savvy Homeschool, and we're on Instagram, we're Savvy Homeschool Moms. To leave us a voicemail message with your questions or comments or art projects, (laughs) call 559-426-6670 or drop us an email at moms at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. And you can email us pictures to that email address as well. We'd love to see pictures of your kids' projects. Yes. For links to resources shared in this episode and to view the notes on all of our shows, you can visit us on the web at SavvyHomeschoolMoms.com. 
You can also find Becky on the web at beckytatro.com, and I can be found at homeschoolrealm.com, and the links for those are also on the Savvy Homeschool Moms website on our About pages. Well, goodbye, everybody. Have a great week, and come back and take a break with us again next time. Goodbye. Bye. Find a way to incorporate art. So, in conclusion... And I already forgot it. Let's short term memory. Let me copy it. <laughs> Can you believe that? I just read it and I've already lost it. My short term memory is completely shot. This blue sentence. There, am I done? <laughs> oh.